and Cloud. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, Jim. So, boy, big trade in baseball. The Baltimore Orioles acquire Corbin Burns, former Cy Young Award winner for a couple of prospects and a draft pick. Your thoughts on that move for the Orioles? Orioles going in with new ownership, uh, built a great young team, and now they are going for it. They might only get Burns for one year. So this is almost like a trade deadline deal that they decided to do before the season starts instead of waiting till seeing how they're going to do. Uh, gives them an ace to add to a really good, deep, young team. Uh, and it's just a sign that the Brewers are kind of in the same situation as the Twins right now, where they have a good team, uh, but they're looking for young, controllable, controllable, affordable players. It's exactly the kind of deal that's going to disappoint the Brewers fan base. That doesn't mean it's not going to end up looking like a good deal over time. Are the Orioles, do they have the best farm system right now? Uh, you know, it kind of depends on how you want to define farm system because a lot of their best prospects have made it to the big leagues already. So, you know, they have had one of the best farm systems in baseball. Most of their top prospects have are in the big leagues. So what? how do you grade their farm system? The farm system did its job, but you don't just have wave after wave after wave of, of you know, great young players. Uh, let's just say this. They've done very well drafting, developing, and it has benefited them, and they are a force now. Uh, just like, you know, do you, do you consider, a, if you're grading the Twins farm system, if you consider Royce Lewis... A, and Matt Walner, um, and you know, uh, I'm trying to think of another good young player. Um, if you consider Walner and Royce Lewis to be big leaguers, then their farm system might not grade as high. If you consider those guys to be young prospects who have made it to the big leagues and and count them among the the minor league take, then you're saying, okay, Jenkins and Emma Rodriguez and Royce Lewis and Matt Walner, my God, they're loaded. So, it, you know, a lot of that is just kind of semantics. So as far as like the Twins farm system, is it heavy on position players as far as their abilities go as opposed to pitching? Yes. Uh, and, and that's the interesting thing about Falvey. Falvey got hired largely on the strength of his ability to help draft and develop pitching prospects with Cleveland, who've been you know among the kings of that uh, in that category for a long time. And then he got here and really what we've seen them do is they tend to prefer position players in the draft. They're, they're less risky. Uh, they're less injury prone. Uh, they're more predictable. Um, and they're a little easier to develop. And what he's done is traded for some of his best pitchers. Uh, and he's used a lot of the position players they developed to trade for pitchers. So it's not, ex you know, it's not exactly what a lot of us might have anticipated, but it has worked to a certain degree. Um, and right now they are loaded with really good position playing prospects, um, both in the majors and in the minors. Uh, Jenkins immediately became the number one pro prospect. Emma Rodriguez is top three to five prospect. Brooks Lee is the top three prospect. Uh, you know, these are all re just really promising position players. They just traded for a couple more. And, you know, so they haven't just drafted they haven't taken the linear route, draft a pitcher, develop him over time, get him to the big leagues, uh, and help him succeed. But they have used their drafting philosophy to to acquire pitching. Jim, have you gotten a feel for what kind of feedback the Twins have received or what you're hearing uh, about the Polanco trade, whether the, you know, the people feel like this was a good deal for the Twins? 
it, it depends on where you want to, who do you want to listen to and where do you want to listen? I mean, one of the things I have learned over many years in this business is I just don't, I don't listen to people who I don't think have good information or good insights. So I tend to tune out a lot of stuff. I don't really care what other people think. I make, I form my own opinions. Um, I, my guess is if you spend time on Twitter, you will see that the twins are the dumbest organization uh, that ever rolled a baseball onto a mound. And my guess is if you talk to people that you trust in the twins organization or people, scouts with other teams, writers around the country, they say, okay, you know, that's Polanco is not exactly a perennial all-star. He can't stay healthy. He has trouble. Uh, you know, the guy replacing him is probably a better hitter than he is. So you kind of traded a guy uh, who helped and the deal helped you financially. It gave you a veteran at the back end of the rotation. It gave you another excellent bullpen arm. Uh, it gave you a couple of uh, one really good prospect and one interesting prospect. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? You know, but I think for for the angry Twins fan, which is the one who tends to be the loudest, they're going to say this is the Twins being cheap and the Twins uh, not being able to get a good enough pitcher for one of their better trading ship, which isn't necessarily. I mean, it's not that that's factually incorrect. Obviously, the poll ads could theoretically spend more money. And, you know, I think everybody wanted the Twins to go use Polanco or whomever to get like a number two starter. So it's not wrong. It's just that, you know, there's so much subtlety in baseball and so many things take so long to play out that I'm not going to sit here today and say that, you know, five years from now, we're not going to be saying, God, my God, the twins got all that for a player who wasn't even their best second baseman. Thought it was interesting on, on Monday, uh, Dave St. Peter was here part of the twins caravan. And before the event, um, he was telling me there, there could be a trade. And then, of course, the trade happened later. Uh, but he did mention that, that Brooks Lee is going to see time in the major leagues this year. And this trade does kind of open the possibility of him maybe even getting here sooner. What is the high end on Brooks Lee, in your opinion? High end is middle of the order, impact hitter who can play a number of different positions. Uh, he's, a, you know, and... I don't think he's shown in the minor leagues in terms of pure stats how good he is. Uh, he's one of those guys where you talk to scouts, you're like, oh, yeah, when he figures it out and it clicks, look out. Uh, so he might be the guy who can bat number three for you or number number two for you, number five for you. Um, and now you start thinking about a lineup that, you know, again, always with the caveat that people have to be healthy. I mean, a lineup with Buxton, Correa, Julian, Royce Lewis, Brooks Lee, Walner, Jeffers, Kepler. Um, I mean, Kepler might be the eight hitter on that lineup. You know, I mean, this is they have a, they have a real chance to be very good. Um, they need health. They need some luck. But there is real talent there, and Brooks Lee is as good. You know, other than maybe Jenkins, who looks like he's going to be a, just a phenom. I mean, Brooks Lee might be as good a hitter as they have. Jim, the uh, Timberwolves got some uh, good news as far as a uh, couple players named to the All-Star team as reserves, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Any reaction to that? Well, I think it's about right. Um, you know, I think Edwards and Towns are All-Stars. I think Gobert is an All-Star, but, you know, when you say player X is an All-Star, you have to say who you would take off the team to put them on. And you look at the Western Conference, like, my God, they're all great players. So, and... You know, you have 12 players, 
uh, a 15-team conference and four teams that are bunched together at the top, do the Wolves really deserve another player? Do they deserve three of the 12 players in the West? Boy, it's hard to do in the Western Conference. I, I get the one tweak you could make if you're Wolves-centric is you could say, what about Rudy Gobert instead of Paul George? But Paul George is having a great season on a team that's just two games behind the Wolves. So uh, it's, it, to me, it's really hard to have, you know, Gobert's had a, an excellent season. Uh, when you're picking an all-star team, you're usually going to go for a spectacular offense over defense. So I'm not going to complain too much about this. Jim, the Wolves got Orlando at home tonight. Orlando, who was really playing well, and they've kind of backed off a little bit. Uh, they're now just two games above 500, but they've got some young talent. Is Orlando one of those kind of emerging teams in the East? They should be. Now, it's easier to be promising than it is to be good. So they need to, they need to prove they can take the next step, and lately they have not been taking that next step. Uh, Suggs is having a good year. He's a very good defender, and I'm sure he'll want to put on a show tonight. Uh, they're going to have Franz Wagner, who they didn't have the last time they faced the Wolves. So they're not an easy team to play or an easy team to beat. But, you know, hey, when you're playing for the number one seed, you got to beat teams like this. So uh, playing at home, playing better this week, I think the Wolves, if, you know, if their heads are on right, I think they should win this one. Jim, the Gopher men's basketball team is going to host Northwestern tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Northwestern, one of the teams that is projected into the field for whatever that's worth, uh, but they've been having a pretty good year. Um, if the Gophers were to win that one and then beat Michigan State next week, both home games, would that put them at least in the conversation for being on the bubble? I think so, and I, I think a Northwestern win would do a lot for the resume. Northwestern is good. I know they're not ranked, but they're a good team. You watch them play. They're very well coached, excellent guard play. Um, you know, they can shoot the three. They almost they they almost beat uh, Purdue at Purdue the other day while shooting 40 fewer free throws, uh, which is why Collins went nuts at the end and got two technicals. So Northwestern's a, a good team. This would be a really good victory if they win it. And I, you know, I yeah, I think just beating Northwestern puts them in that conversation. What do you think about uh, Elijah Hawkins, who, when he's played, it seems like he makes a big difference, and he had some foul trouble, then came back and played really well in the second half against Penn State. Is he the type of guy that um, that they really haven't had lately as far as leading the team? I don't know. They've had some decent point guards, even in the Ben Johnson era. Uh, but this, but Hawkins, what Hawkins gives you is a true, you know, pass-first you know, what's the word, um, a, a kind of an old school Bob Cousy type, you know, uh, ball handler, pass first point guard, uh, very unselfish, wants to get other people's shots. He just sets people up really well. I, I really like the way he plays. He plays with a lot of energy. He plays defense, um, moves the ball. He's smart. You want him to have the ball in his hands down the stretch. So I, I just think he's a really good player. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, let's see. We have full slate up at talknorth.com. Uh, Dawn of Sports with Ron and Shiny Marks Johnson uh, should be out. We'll have uh, Jeff Diamond Show, which is always so good at breaking down what the Vikings actually have to do underneath the salary cap. He's very, actually very optimistic about what they can do. And everything's at talknorth.com. All right, Jim. Thank you. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, Jeff. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. And Jim, today is brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. Next on WJON, we've got World of National News from ABC. And keep in mind, we'll give you a chance to win some Timberwolves tickets for Sunday's game at around 745 this morning.